Moi. Moi. On today's episode, I called my good friend Cecilia from Finland. She is my first guest who is highly likely having the corona at the moment. She wanted to point out that she couldn't get tested, but all evidence points to the virus. Um, we talk about the symptoms she had and how hard it was to find information on what to do when you get sick, especially on her own language, which is Swedish, the second official language of Finland. So those are the main topics today. Listen to this if you want to know more. Okay, so you're my first guest who actually probably has the virus. Yeah, I don't know how to react. Yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, yay for that it wasn't that bad for me. That's all I can say. Yeah, seriously though, because like I saw your post on Facebook and I got really worried, but like at the same time I wasn't that surprised somehow that you had it because you were just traveling just like I was and also like I just feel like you get sick a lot so <laughs> I was just like if if somebody's having it it would be you <laughs> yeah I, I, I agree because I get I do get sick a lot mm. so I was worried about getting it but I was actually worried about getting it worse and yeah I was because I have often had flus and I often get the after comp- uh, complications like I have had pneumonia several times oh. and in the beginning I was thinking oh I just got the light version the first nine days was kind of like a normal flu but then when I was starting to get a hard time breathing I was getting a bit worried because I was worried it might get worse and worse and worse which it has often happened mm-hmm. in my case so I was happy that it didn't mm-hmm. it, I just had like a hard time breathing but I didn't need to go to hospital or anything okay that's that's really 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 good so you were in New York before this and what, so when what day did you come back From... well yeah I was in New York when they started to be more well, I was actually in Colorado when they started to be in China a lot of cases around in February and then I came to New York end of February when there was starting to come a bit more corona mm-hmm. news from Europe and there were the first cases in uh, the first confirmed cases let's say in New York right. and I flew back to Europe on the 1st of March and was still a week in Sweden oh, okay. which has been very liberal about their or like very laid back with their right, they still they still policies. are I think yeah, now they now they have restricted this week. I think okay. that you're not allowed to be more than fifty people gathering, but that's still very liberal considered to all other countries. Okay. But they still had a few days ago that you could be up to five hundred people. So. Yeah, okay. So do you think do you think you got it in New York? Well, I it... think that I because my I was still a week in Sweden, then I flew back from Denmark at Copenhagen Airport on the 9th of March. Okay. So, so I think probably that's where I've got it because my symptoms started four days after my flight back. So yeah. I flew back on Monday and yeah. on Friday, or like on, then I was starting to feel quite tired, but I obviously thought it was because of a four and a half week travel. Right. <laughs> that, 
and but then on yeah Thursday was already getting a bit more and more yeah. tired and on Friday I felt like I had a fever and I did like Friday the point eight degrees Celsius and not a very high one but yeah. okay what what did you do then what happened then well I had already otherwise thought because I because I have been traveling and actually was I was quite lucky I traveled back on Monday the 9th of March from Malmö that's southern Sweden uh, through Copenhagen airport mm -hmm. I flew back to Finland and Copenhagen or like all of Denmark was shut down I think on the 12th or 13th so like four days later okay so yeah I was quite yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Denmark, Denmark closed the borders while I was in New York, and I was in New York like one week after you were there. So. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Or, or even two weeks. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, and I, yeah, so I was quite lucky that I got my flight back through Denmark just in time. Mm -hmm. But I think Copenhagen Airport is quite an international airport, yes. so I think probably somewhere there yeah. I have. Yeah, because oh. it has the best connections. It's, yeah, that's where so, everybody is at. I was wearing already like breathing protection, I mean, during my whole trip, mm -hmm. even before the corona came, because yeah. I once got uh, an entero, enterovirus or enterobacteria yeah. from a flight 2017, okay. which is supposed to be a children's disease, but I got it anyway. <laughs> and <laughs> it was not very much fun, so yeah, then I, I, since then I was flying, flown with a like face mask yeah. and it's interesting because people have been, are saying that it's not supposed to help but I actually i haven't found any research that says that it wouldn't help i've just found one research that says that it will reduce your likelihood of getting a, a disease by 75 percent which is quite a lot so i've been yeah, using i mean because i think the the reason people say it doesn't help is because a lot of people use it wrong and like they just kind of like don't understand that the mask mask can be contaminated too or the mask can be um like get the virus on it and if you if you put it on wrong you can kind of get the virus on your face and then you get the virus so yeah well obviously everything that you do wrong right <laughs> but yeah because i remember it's like it's been over a month then that like since I saw you and mm -hmm. that was in California and it feels like a year ago yep. <laughs> because of everything that has happened and I just remember us like sitting on the beach or something and it was kind of cold but I just remember like that we were talking about the corona a little bit because I think my mom wanted me to wear a mask when I was traveling and I'm like are you kidding me like that's that's like such an overkill and I just it just felt like so so far away and now in one month it's like everywhere so it's really scary yeah i agree yeah. i was i felt also that that when last when what was it the, in march like just before i went into quarantine i think it was march 11th so then they were saying in the news that they're soon probably going to maybe shut down the country and we have to be more careful mm -hmm. so then i was a bit getting worried because i know the finnish people are always doing stuff in very good time so i was thinking maybe you have to start hamstering toilet paper right. now because mm -hmm. people it will soon be finished 
and I went to the store and it was finished already. Oh. And I spoke to a woman, like, oh, wow, the toilet paper's already finished. And she said, well, actually, her husband has been worried for this for over a week, and it has been finished over a week almost in all stores. Seriously? So I was quite surprised. I, In comparison, after that, I felt I have been actually quite slow to react to the okay. corona. So apparently many people yeah. who are warriors have been worrying already. And they now they have all the toilet paper. <laughs> well, at least in Finland, I feel like yeah. they are quite good at the whole time getting new toilet paper to all the stores. So. Yeah, yeah. And I saw like, so when I landed, I went to the supermarket on the airport and they still had like everything they, because people don't buy like toilet paper on airports. <laughs> so it's just, okay, I'll just like stock up on everything. And so I just, and they had bread that like that week, like the supermarkets were running out of bread and everything. So yeah, and I feel like right. the bigger markets were running out of stuff yeah. faster than the smaller markets because right. everybody came to the big markets for doing the big shopping. Yeah, so you can get everything at the same time and then you just realize there's nothing in there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so like the first store I went to, which didn't have toilet paper, was slightly bigger. Uh, and then I went to a smaller store and they still had some toilet paper. Yeah. Are you, because um, you've been really careful before all this, like you, like you said, but has this like had an impact on like how you, how you see stuff and how you do stuff? Well, even though I've been careful, I wouldn't say I'm a germaphobe or like, I'm not actually afraid of bacteria, yeah. but I do try to just be sensible. But I, I mean, I kind of see that I do a lot of errors and I notice them all the time. Mm-hmm. Like it's really hard taking off your gloves and putting them back on. Yeah. without doing that wrong yeah. or I have a really hard time not touching my face for instance right <laughs> my nose is itching constantly yeah. and it's really hard like yeah. not touching your face for me at least yeah no I do that all the time too like I touch my nose I touch my eyes and yeah but then again I don't have a lot of human contact I don't need the apartment to go anywhere except the forest so it's kind of yeah but even though I just I have also just left the apartment for going to get some fresh air for a slow walk yesterday for the first time in a long time and when I went to the doctor but I mean even that I feel like because I've been not feeling so I've been feeling weak so I've been holding on to railings and then I'm again concerned of if I have put on or off taking off my shirt uh, my gloves properly yeah yeah and yes and i have now a sort of sustainable breathing mask so mm-hmm. i wash it every time when i come back home yeah. which is good so that feels good that i can always wash it because yeah. exactly like you said if you use a breathing mask wrong it doesn't really help yeah right and so um so your mom got sick too yeah it was mm-hmm. a bit strange like she got sick in spain earlier Okay. So she was already actually basically not feeling so well, but I decided to come to my parents in quarantine after I was not feeling so well because she mm-hmm. was already not feeling so well. And yeah. and then also my uh, the day that I was not feeling so well, I went, left my flat and uh, my flatmate a few days later also got some symptoms. So I don't know who has been <laughs> getting it from who. <laughs> Or everybody individually. Exactly. Because yeah. my flatmate had a bit different symptoms, but she came also from a different trip. 
Ah, yeah, because everybody's traveling. Exactly. She was traveling for work, and again, my my mother was traveling just for holidays mm. but it was interesting she was traveling quite much earlier she was traveling in end of february mm -hmm. like mid february and there were already the first like the first corona death case actually in valencia oh, okay. in spain and uh, there was the first also like the first confirmed cases were in yeah. spain and when she came back, she started having sort of flu-like symptoms, and she asked if she should maybe be checked. And they said that, oh, no, you're not coming from a risk area. You don't need to be checked. Right, and but, now it's like one of the biggest risk areas. And, well, now, yeah, and then yeah. when she afterwards, uh, she phoned again the health uh, system and asked that should she now be checked because she came from Spain, and she has had now this sort of like a flu for over a week and then they said oh but you came before it became a risk area so you don't need to be checked mm -hmm. okay so neither of you could could get the the test so you were just told exactly. to stay home and like i don't know yeah what yeah well um my mom called our sort of what i don't know what this is like our our regular doctor okay yeah like and the, then but then I called, actually I did then later on, for, I did a sort of on omaola.fi sort yeah. of uh, evalu evaluation of my own yeah. health. Okay. Um, according to that, you just filled in your symptoms and then it said you should call the sort of the health line, the sort of. Yeah. Okay. And they, they have a own Corona line now in Finland, so I called the Corona okay. line and was is pretty it, Is it in Finnish and Swedish or is it just in Finnish? Well, they have the information in Finnish and Swedish, but then, uh, like, the the test you had to do was, uh, they asked you, uh, yeah. also when you phone there, please do the test online, and the test is only yeah. in Finnish. And so you said, like, as a Swedish-speaking person, like, even though your Finnish is really good, like, it's just, it's just kind of, like, scary to... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, I guess it's a bit like for a Spanish person to have to do a test in English or an English person yeah. living in Mexico having to do it in Spanish, yeah. even though you know kind of well the language. If you're sick and having a hard time breathing, you don't really want to deal with issues about considering if you are answering a questionnaire correctly in a foreign language. Right, right, yeah. Do you, do you know if it now exists in Swedish or if it's like still a... At least right. a few days ago, they were saying it only exists in Finnish. Okay. I haven't checked now the past yeah. days. Because yeah, so I sent you the the text I got yesterday. So the Finnish government or the health department sent everybody a text message about the health line and about what to do when you have the first symptoms or when you when you think you're having the symptoms. And um, so it came in Finnish around like nine p.m. and then around eleven p.m. or something it came in Swedish and English. Did you get that yeah. too? Yeah, I got yeah. it too. So it's just like, I was, because first when I got it, I was just like, do, did I get this in Finnish? Just because like, I'm a Finnish speaking person and I'm like, there's no way they, they can know that. Yeah. Some people also are just like, what the hell? And then like two hours or two and a half hours later, it came uh, in Swedish as well. So I'm just like, somehow, yeah, somehow the, I don't know if like the Swedish news in Finland are covering it like or if they have like their own thing going on because I don't follow that obviously like I followed Finnish news. Yeah, but, they do cover it. Yeah. But I mean, 
I feel this uh, we've been talking I think with you also it would be easier if there would be like one website where you could right. follow yes. sort of the, the whole time coming up with new restrictions every week mm-hmm. and it's a bit mm-hmm. hard to follow up if you don't follow the news yeah, twice a day at least yeah or if you like miss the one point where they have like the information like when they live stream the where they give out the new decisions a couple of days ago we were talking about like how it would be like really convenient if there was like a government issued or government based um one source of like one website or something where you can like always check the latest and that gets like updated and that like deletes the old information that's not valid or that's not necessary to know so that's kind of and i feel like that's like everybody i talked with um i feel like that's kind of the issue in every country to not have like one reliable source that has like all the latest information which is really weird in this day and age too exactly like this uh, like we got this sms about what to do if you have corona now on our on our phones which is quite late i feel really late yeah (laughs) but for example when i was feeling sick about it was about over a week ago then starting to google stuff when you have a fever and you're having a hard time breathing is kind of not very fun and then you get Mm. like different numbers when I was googling just like where to call, I was getting numbers for Vanta, which is another town where yeah. I shouldn't be going to. Yeah. So it was like surprisingly hard finding the number. Well, then I found this uh, one number and they said, please do the online test. And then I did the online test. And like I said, it was also a bit giving me some anxiousness of having to do it in a foreign language. And then they said, we well, should anyway call the helpline. So then I called them back and then they said when they finally called me back and answered they said so have you done done this online test and then i said yes i did it and they said i should call you mm-hmm. and then i went in for the first checkup and it's interesting they measured my crp which is sort of your inflammation value mm-hmm. your white blood cells yeah. and they measured my saturation of oxygen and my heart rate and all and then they measured my breathing frequency and they listened to my lungs and all of this was good so that's why they sent me home and they didn't even take the corona test because i'm not a risk group person yeah and but they said that phone us again if your symptoms get worse but yeah I, i they didn't really get too much worse but i was having the whole time the same sort of breathing issues and they did get slightly worse by Thursday, so by Thursday I phoned them again, mm-hmm. and yeah, and then they said uh, sent me to the Corona sort of special unit where they have all the Corona patients, and yeah, that felt a bit like going into sort of some sort of Ebola mm-hmm. thing that everybody was very well protected. There mm-hmm. were tents in front, so yeah, you would use the right doors, and everybody you met was completely protected all the nurses and uh, they opened all the doors so you wouldn't touch anything for okay. you and all the rooms were always disinfected very well like okay. before you came in and after you went out uh, and it was like and they were very friendly and i told them that i have had pneumonia like uh, mm-hmm. three times in my life okay. and this feels quite similar that i'm having a hard time getting getting oxygen enough mm-hmm. and that's it's hard time breathing i'm feeling like a fish on land mm-hmm. the whole time like choking and so that because i told them i know what it feels like they 
then they are sent me to a doctor because in Finland you first actually just don't meet even a doctor you first right. meet a nurse yeah who evaluates you so after the nurse ev- evaluation I met a doctor and yeah and I also told him the same things and he said because I have a kind of special condition in our family that my CRP doesn't really rise so mm. my, my inflammation values don't really go up even though I am sick <laughs> like when I had um, pneumonia over 10 years ago usually with pneumonia you have a CRP of between 150 and 200 mm-hmm. and my CRP was 26 yeah which was extremely low yeah. and when my doctor was telling it to his unit nobody almost want, could believe him that it was true and so yeah, I it's a really to rare my, case doctor, yeah. Sorry? So it's a really rare thing to have. Yeah, it is yeah. quite rare. Yeah. And uh, but in my family we are several people who have the same yeah. thing, but it is very rare. So usually all doctors just check your CRP for checking if you're sick. So that's what I said to the doctor that even though my CRP was very low on Saturday, maybe they should still check. And that so I you, don't have you said anything. it means that like the white cells don't. Mm. Um, multiplier they don't get more yeah yeah they're like your immune system kind of grows and starts to attack the okay. invader but in my case it just never bothers to attack any invader <laughs> okay so that's why I know that I usually get all disease kind of slowly and they have a lot of time to grow because it just doesn't kind of usually attack anything okay but yeah, so I told this to a doctor and that was nice. That's why he sent me to an x-ray of yeah. my lungs, even though it sounded good. But then I was very happy that I got them a proof. They said that it did, they didn't see anything in my lung picture. Okay. And everything seemed okay. So okay. then I just went home and continued to have breathing difficulties. <laughs> and so normally in the x-ray, if your lungs are okay, it like the, the air is seen as like black and the x-ray right yes like black space and if you have a lung disease like if you have like SARS you have like this like milky white stuff exactly in, in the lungs so there was or nothing it, on, on or you can also it, well if it's SARS you, like you said it was with it's this milky stuff yeah but I've also seen that if you have um, like a more regular lung infection it kind of looked like a big bl- black blob on one side or the other oh, okay so it looks a bit different with normal pneumonia as far as i have understood but of course i'm not a doctor so i'm not giving any <laughs> advice here to anybody <laughs> yeah but it was okay. interesting then i listened to this uh, there's a finnish doctor who's doing a podcast about oh, lung yeah. diseases right yeah. and uh, yeah, it's in Finnish, and he had made now an episode about about COVID nineteen, and he said it's quite interesting. He was citing of two Chinese studies where they said that this, these patients who have come into hospital have in general a CRP of twenty four, which is very low, and if they have this ADRS, uh, so this sort of what is acute respiratory syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes already i think it mm-hmm. is that their lungs are starting to collapse then they have a crp of 84 which is still quite low so yeah. in like average people don't actually seem to have a very strong immune response to this 
COVID-19. And he said uh, also with their patients in hospital now in Finland, they have a CRP between four and 300 among their patients. And none of these numbers correlate with how severe the cases are. Okay. Which was quite interesting knowledge. So basically, the CRP test seems to be quite unnecessary in many ways. Or not unnecessary, but it doesn't seem to be very speaking. It's not that accurate. Yeah, at least not for knowing the condition. And he said also when they listen with a stethoscope to the lungs, it's very hard. They can sound kind of healthy. But on those x-ray, they can see if they actually are damaged or not. That They okay. can sound quite healthy, even though they have quite bad damage. And the damage can come quite fast, what he was telling, that it can look very good on the first x-ray, and like three days later, it can already look very much worse. Okay. So it seems to be a very like fast and aggressive <laughs> disease, yeah. which we actually have very little idea about. And he said also in the podcast himself that it might be in a few weeks that this all information is like old right because like yeah that's the thing it's like we're living the situation right now and like there's no new information all the time and like everything that you hear from like two weeks ago or something it's like all the numbers are old all the like information is uh, outdated already and they were saying actually even in the Finnish news one health uh, official was saying they are speculating that there might be two different kind of COVID-19. I heard that go. today too, yeah. And that would explain why some countries have much more death cases than mm-hmm. others. Yeah. Because, for example, Germany has thousands and thousands of cases, but very few death cases. Yeah. While, uh, while again, others have like very high percentage of death. So. Yeah. Yeah, and also like... Um, so I heard that because um, it might also explain why some people are have like experiencing it really bad, whereas some don't really like they just have kind of like normal flu symptoms and like oh. m- a mild fever. And then other people get like the respiratory problems or diarrhea or. And it was interesting looking always at studies that, for example, that they have been studied from the Chinese hospitals that only 76% have had a fever when they've been Mm -hmm. uh, sent to hospital. That means still that one quarter has not had a fever, which is quite a high number. And and in some studies, only 40% had a cough, which is interesting, as they say, like cough is a main symptom of this. But at least the people in hospital is just like under half. So it's quite hard saying what our general uh, sort of general symptoms but then they were saying that in severe cases over 50 percent have also uh, sort of intestine also like diarrhea or vomiting included yeah, yeah. why is supposed to be just among three percent of the people who in general get the covid mm-hmm. but it seems to if you get it also in your gut it seems to be kind of quite endangering for all of your health yeah, it sounds like, because it's not just the the fever or the coughing or like it's just, it's like you can get like a lot of different symptoms and that can like get you really, um yeah really sick really down. You were having you were having breathing problems, and cough and tiredness. Well, actually, not really cough. Quite a light cough. Okay. I wouldn't even call it. It was more like if I would 
eat something wrong and then I would cough, but not really a cough, cough. Okay. So, uh, and my fever was quite, I had at the highest point, 38 degrees fever. Okay. On the Saturday when I went for the first time to the doctor. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting. I first had more of the fever and the sort of pain in the body and all that. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of, the one day when I went for the first time to the doc, I had all at the same time with the breathing difficulties. And then all the other symptoms kind of got less and I only had breathing difficulties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but compared to many people it wasn't that bad I mean if I just did nothing I was fine <laughs> I, but I was very focused on doing nothing and so you said your mom was kind of doing better than you like she can go out for walks and everything and yeah not... yeah well she's had it also for quite a long time oh, yeah, so, okay, right. so I don't really know but she's uh, she's also a person who is very good at sort of mentally doing stuff she, she wants to do and it's a quite interesting question like how sick are you actually you know like are you, yeah I've, I've been questioning that a lot mm. because i feel like if you have already breathing difficulties i think it's a good idea if you just can to just stay in bed and do nothing yeah uh, as is that's how i feel but then some people are able to work with slight chest pain and ch- yeah. slight difficulties working or slight difficulties breathing like a few days before i went to the doctor i tried to go out and i went for a short walk of, mm-hmm. i don't know well i was wa- walking as slowly as a granny so it was not such a long distance but it took me a long time but after that i was so exhausted that and i got a terrible headache mm-hmm. and i was feeling much worse so then i kind of avoided after that for at least like 12 days to yeah. go anywhere unnecessary yeah and now you have been out a little bit yesterday yeah yes yeah yesterday was the first time yeah. that i felt i could go for a walk and after the walk if i still felt kind of okay so i was surprised okay and so how are you feeling now well it's been all through the disease that is kind of changing that i was like every evening when i was feeling a bit better or thinking like tomorrow probably i'll be healthy yeah. and so I still feel that that is changing. That mostly I feel much better now, but mm-hmm. at the moment though, so I can't speak. But it's I feel the whole time a bit like I'm choking slightly, oh <laughs> and like short, slightly out of breath. Like if I would have mm-hmm. just run, even though I've just been sitting around at home. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I haven't had a fever anymore. Like a f- few days ago, I had 37. Point, or yesterday I had only 37.5 the walk that is yeah. quite little yeah even after physical and today i haven't had more than 37.2 mm-hmm. so you're also um one of those people who like search for information and like stay informed all the time and because like i see people kind of like uh, being in two groups one group is like i get too anxious if i watch too much news and if i because like you you hear corona from every like you open the tv there's corona like radio internet newspapers like corona is everywhere so a lot of people just turn off everything and like try to focus on the positive whereas like i find it really interesting and i kind of try to stay on top like i don't i'm not overdoing it but like i try to like follow like i'm listening to this podcast will kill you because they just did like a six episode mini um series on on coronavirus for example which is really interesting so i think you're also one of those people who like 
read on it a lot and yeah, I've been lucky that I feel like this crisis hasn't made me anxious so far at all. Yeah. But I guess it's because, first of all, I'm privileged to have like work. Also now, my work mm -hmm. hasn't been reduced. I'm a freelancer and I can work from home. So basically, my work hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. My life was kind of similar to quarantine even before <laughs> it. So I haven't had a hard time adjusting. Like, of course. Many of my gigs were sort of backed out, so I have lost inc some income from that. Mm -hmm. But it's still comparatively little, yeah. so I don't find it very... And I find it, all diseases are always very interesting, yeah. so I always read about them and I find it very interesting. But I understand that people who have lost all their income... I have many friends who have lost yeah. income for about half a year. Yeah. For them, it's they are probably like I just see that they are, have already too much on their plate just from this economical catastrophe from yeah. their part. Then they don't they can't tolerate any negative information at all. Yeah, but it, I feel, so it's not I just the fear. Of, it's not just the fear of the virus. It's the fear of like the system collapsing and the economy coming yeah. down and everything. Yeah, and yeah, I hope that why. Like, I feel now, at least in a way, relieved in case this was my corona part. I'm happy it was so light and that I had it at the early stage. I hope that I don't get, I hope this wasn't something. I also now will still catch it. <laughs> right, but, yeah. Because that, that is, I'm kind of maybe most afraid of that. What if you catch it and the hospitals are full? Because right, yeah. That's kind of, and it's quite interesting, like, the rates of respiratories per person that I was comparing to the US so they said in one article that I read that the US has about 100,000 respirators mm -hmm. but that's quite a lot that's per person I counted that's almost four times as much as Finland has yeah. at the moment at least yeah that's scary of course with the US it's scary that yeah, oh, you can question yourself who will be affording those respirators. Right, right. It's not going to be the poor people. It's yeah, that's what sucks about not having a functioning healthcare system. So that's also why I'm really happy that I may made it out and oh. that I'm kind of safe in Finland. Whatever happens. And Finnish people are quite good at obeying rules, so. Right. That's also why, because when I was in New York trying to decide whether to go back home to Germany or come here, I kind of felt like at that moment it wasn't being taken seriously in Germany. And I know if you tell Finnish people to go home and wash your hands, like everybody will do that or mo like almost everybody. So that was kind of like one of the points why, why I decided to come here. Well, I feel that is generally if you have a very segregated society, mm. all these sort of rules don't come as well across in the different mm. sort of yeah parts of society. So if you have a, the more unified your society is, the more safe it yeah. is for everybody. I mean, and Finland is also like the population is so tiny that mm. it's like easy to control, but it's also like not so easy for the virus to spread i feel like because 
and that's why it's that's why it's the biggest in in Osima, like in in this region because we have the most people and the rest of the Finland is kind of not having that many cases. Yeah, but then I'm always interested to know because it say we don't have cases, but if they don't test yeah, <laughs> almost anybody, so that's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm I know so far already at least three people mm-hmm. in addition to myself who seem like they have quite clear corona mm-hmm. symptoms and none of these three people yeah. uh, could go to test they've asked several times should they come in and um i saw it on facebook actually i think yesterday there's an online database uh, i think it's just for finland um but maybe other countries have it too where you can uh like fill in a questionnaire and it like answer questions so they kind of um collect data on who has like what kind of symptoms and also like if you have no symptoms you should actually do it as well because that's also like valuable information of like who doesn't have it and who has it so they can kind of like make a more accurate picture because like like you said like they're not testing everybody they're just testing the people at high risk so um and health officials and, and health officials yes um so basically uh like that's how they try to collect some more data but it's been interesting because there have been a lot of discussions what would be the best solution mm-hmm. and it feels like all evidence is that testing a lot would be the best solution and south korea somehow has managed to test twenty thousand people a day yeah I don't know, and this in because our health officials are saying that it's about twenty to thirty times the numbers. That would mean that we have between twenty-five and forty thousand people with corona yeah. so far, if that number is yeah. true. So that's quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's really alarming because, like, that means even if those people are not risk groups or if they're not um, at immediate danger, they can still spread the virus. So that's why it's kind of. Exactly. Yeah, and and uh, like in South Korea, they can still manage to have the society more or less open because they're testing so many people, so they know whom to target, like yeah. with their quarantine. Yeah. yeah. Instead of kind of ruining the whole economics, like they're doing other countries, and just quarantining the whole country, which means that we probably are soon coming into the worst recession in this mm-hmm. in the late in the like past century. Yeah. That's what they're estimating more or less now oh, okay um i guess that was almost all um and what do you what do you do to kind of like keep your spirits up or what is something that's making you happy right now well for me it's i don't know i think it's very nice to, to call friends and everybody seems to have much more time to speak right <laughs> i love that <laughs> so that's very nice and well, all libraries closed in Finland on 10th of March, yeah. but the, the apps are full of books to listen to. Right. So I look, listen to a lot of self-improvement books and other things. I'm trying to see also the corona crisis as an interesting thing. That's interesting to be part of a historical event that is sort Same, of yeah. evolving from day to day and you can be part of it from day to day and kind of see it as that sort of staying present and this thing is also helping staying present generally. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. We're living really historical times right now. And if any, this is the moment to like write a journal or just um, think about like how you're feeling and how this how this makes you feel, how, how um, I don't know. Like I'm curious um, what's happening to our society after this and how how it's going to go on after all this eventually over at some point, hopefully. <laughs> And what makes me slightly also hopeful is seeing that nature seems to be yes. doing very well. Yes. That that makes me very kind of happy. I mean, I'm very sad for all the people who have lost a lot of income, and I'm very sad for all the people who are feeling very terrible, both physically and mentally. But I'm very happy for our Mother Earth having time to kind of recover. Yeah, recover exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was saying that's interesting. We cut down the the rainforests and forests in general, which give us oxygen. And we cut, we kill the coral reefs, which produce about twenty to forty percent of our oxygen. And now we have a disease which is making us choke to death instead. Yeah, it's yeah, it's payback time. And I thought it was very yeah. interesting, actually. Uh, our Pope Francis said in a speech in 2015, uh, he said that one of a part of the speech was that he said that God always forgives, humans forgive sometimes, but nature never forgives. If you punch her, she will punch you back. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, it feels like it definitely feels like it because now that everything like all the traffic has stopped and flights and the cruise ships and everything, it feels like Mother Earth is showing like, look, this is this is how well it can be for the nature. Like this is what can happen if you just stop doing everything that you do. And it came quite fast. Everybody has been astonished how fast. Yeah, I'm shocked, like, how how fast it... Like, already in, I think, January, there were reports about the, um, like, uh, how clean the air was in China, I think, Mm -hmm. like, after that. Yeah. And then there was also today a report from Osima that 40% less pollution. Yeah. And, I mean, Finland is not a very polluted country, but... No. Even here, you can, like already see it so that's at least for me inspiring to see that yeah there is something good with this yeah silver lining yes okay um thank you so much it was really nice thank you. hearing from you <laughs> uh, yeah let's stay in touch yeah. and thanks for having me yeah <laughs> bye 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 bye